Isaiah 61, verses 1 to 3. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. Thank you, Carol, for sharing that so beautifully. I'd like to invite you to keep your Bibles open to Isaiah 61, and we'll be think, looking at these verses and thinking about the, the, the uh, topic of being pioneer plants and reforesting faith in our world. This passage in Isaiah, um, basically from actually from Isaiah 40 to the end of the prophecy of Isaiah, is, is a series of prophecies about the coming of the living one, the coming of Jesus. And this uh, passage that was just read to us is no exception of that. In fact, if you, uh, I'll give you some homework to do later when you go home, turn over to the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 and you'll read there an account of where Jesus goes back to his hometown of Nazareth uh, to visit and he's there on the Sabbath, uh, the Jewish uh, day of worship and he goes along to the synagogue and uh, as he comes into the synagogue, the leader of the synagogue invites Jesus to come and read from the scriptures. And the synagogue leader hands him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus actually opens that scroll to this very part of, of that prophecy of Isaiah. And he reads uh, these words from the, the book of Isaiah. And then he, the scripture says he rolled up the scroll and then he sat down to teach. Now, in the culture of that day, whoever was teaching in the day of worship got to sit down and, and everyone else had to stand up to listen. Uh, our culture is the opposite of that. Uh, the person teaching has to stand up and you all get to sit down. Um, but Jesus sat down and everyone there was standing up waiting to see what he would say. And he said, today, these words are fulfilled in your presence. In other words, Jesus was saying, these words are about me. And so these words that are written around 700 years before Jesus was even born uh, were written about him and what he would do. So what does it say about him? It says, well, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Do you feel poor today? You don't have much? kind of not much to give, left out of the world's power structures. Good news, because the king of the universe, Jesus himself, is inviting you to become a member of his kingdom, to become his child, and to experience all the riches of the inheritance of him in glory. He came to preach good news to us, 
who are lowly in the world. He came to bind up the brokenhearted. You got a broken heart today. You've got sadness in your life because of relational issues, difficulties. Good news. Jesus came to bring comfort to you. He came to bring release to the captives and freedom for those prisoners in darkness. Do you feel captive today? Captive to habits in your life that you just can't seem to break. Captive to thought patterns that hold you down. Captive to things that you thought you would never do, but somehow you've been taken down this pathway and you just can't seem to break out of those things. Good news for you today. Because Jesus wants to bring release to you and freedom and to bring you from living with a sense of darkness and where am I going in life and what's happening to bring you into his light. That's why Jesus came. And the passage goes on to say that for his followers, for for people that have given their allegiance to him, he's come to uh, bring beauty instead of ashes, a crown of... Uh, the oil of gladness instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. He came at a time when his people were captive to the Romans and they just were experiencing a sense of the world being against them or being in bondage, of wondering what life was going on. There was a sense of despair. They felt like they hadn't really heard a word from God in a number of years. And Jesus said, I've come to take away that sense of despair and hopelessness from your hearts and to give you a sense of joy and hope again. That's why he came. The passage goes on to say what Jesus wants to do in and with his followers. And listen to these words. It says, his followers, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. He wants us as his followers to be like oaks of righteousness. And what does he want us to do as oaks of righteousness? Well, verse 4 goes on to explain that. To rebuild ancient ruins, restore places long devastated, renew ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Jesus wants us to be oaks of righteousness, to replant faith in this world. And to turn places that are desolate back into places of fruitfulness again. You know, it's interesting in God's word how often trees are mentioned. Have you ever thought about that? In the Bible, of all living things, trees are mentioned more times than anything else except for God himself and people. As you look through the scriptures, you'll see references, this metaphor of image of trees over and over again. The Bible opens with a picture of trees, doesn't it? The very first page. We have this picture of a garden and these beautiful trees that are in it. As you read through the pages of the Old Testament, this imagery of trees comes up over and over again. The book of Psalms begins with this metaphor, a picture of trees. It says, The person who follows the Lord and obeys his ways will be like a tree planted by streams of water, who will bear fruit in season, whose leaf will not wither, whatever they do will prosper. This beautiful image of followers of Jesus being like trees. The prophets use this image over and over again. Here in the prophet Isaiah, the prophet uh, Jeremiah does it, Ezekiel, Daniel, Zechariah, all these Old Testament prophecies, prophets use this imagery of trees for followers of Jesus. Skip over to the New Testament 
And how often did Jesus use this imagery or metaphor of trees and his followers being like that? And he gave the parable of the mustard seed. He talked about the fig tree. He talked about his followers as being like trees who bear good fruit. And then go to the last page of the Bible. The Bible opens with a picture of trees. It closes with a picture of a tree, the tree of life, that will bear fruit each month of the year and whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. And here in this passage, as in many others, the scripture says that he wants his followers to be like these beautiful oak trees, these, these magnificent uh, oaks of righteousness. Now, why is it, do you think, that the Bible would use this imagery of trees to describe us as his followers? Well, I think there are a number of reasons. If you think about trees, think about the vast array and variety of trees that are in our world and the beauty that they bring. I don't know about you, but trees just bring some restoration to my soul when I look at them. One of the things I really miss in Indonesia about Australia is, is the Australian bush and the gum trees. There's something about them that just touches me deeply. And I thank God for his creation of them, the beauty. Trees provide great beauty to our world, don't they? Trees provide shade. Trees provide protection. Trees provide a habitat to many other creatures, don't they? Trees provide food. Trees put down their roots deep into the soil and prevent erosion. Trees hold the soil together and they actually transform it from being barren to fertile again. Trees reach out their roots and hold up other trees and other plants. And scientists tell us that trees convert carbon dioxide back into oxygen. We're told that trees are like the lungs of the earth. What a fantastic imagery that Jesus wants us to be like that in this world. He wants us as his followers to bring beauty to this world. He wants us as his followers to be like him, to be one who gives as trees give. He wants us to provide shade to those who need it. He wants us to provide protection and shelter to those who need it. He wants us to put down deep roots in the society around us and to hold it together so it doesn't get eroded away. He wants us to reach out our roots to others and to hold them up and strengthen them. He wants us to provide nourishment to others when they need it. And he wants us to breathe oxygen back into the lungs of people who desperately need it. God wants you to be like a tree, an oak of righteousness. If we had the time and, and, and I had the opportunity I, to sit down with you one by one and just together, one on one, and I were to ask you this question, tell me, who's been the oak of righteousness in your life? Who's provided shade to you in your life? Who's provided protection and shelter to you? Who's given nourishment to you when you felt empty? Who's breathed oxygen back into your lungs? Times when you've just felt like you couldn't breathe anymore yourself. And I bet every one of you could share with me. You have a picture in your mind of someone. A parent, grandparent, aunts, uncles, Sunday school teachers, pastors, leaders in the church, school teachers, people that have been like oaks of righteousness. How wonderful those people are in our lives. 
And that's a picture of, the, of what Jesus wants us to be, people who reforest faith in this world. Now, I don't know about you, but often I don't feel like I'm one of those big, massive oak trees. Uh, if we go back to the previous slide, Mark, a lot of times I, I kind of feel like this little guy here, just sort, of, just sort of sprouting up and, you know, he's not providing too much shade or shelter or food or protection to anything else. You know, this verse here from Isaiah 53 is another prophecy about Jesus. And what does it say about him? He grew up before the Father like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. Talking about Jesus' birth into this world, coming just as a tiny little baby, born in humility. Nothing, the, the passage goes on to say there was no, nothing majestic about him in his childhood, nothing to draw us to. He grew up as a faithful servant of the Lord. He just sprouted up like this tender little plant. But as he was obedient to his father and lived a life following him and his word, he grew, the scripture says, in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and became the greatest, mightiest tree that ever lived. That's an encouragement to me when I feel like I'm about that big in my faith. And maybe you feel like that's where you are in your spiritual journey, just starting out. But those big oak trees, they don't spring up overnight. You plant an acorn, it's not a month later that you get this big massive tree. It takes time, it takes years, it takes commitment. And as trees slowly grow, the father shapes them and works in them. We all know about trees, how they have the growth rings. And you can look at the growth rings of trees and some years you realise, wow, that was a pretty tough year. That tree went through that year, must have been a dry year or a lot of difficulties faced. This other year, there was, must have been a, a lot um, more positive, you know, in terms of the rain and things like that. It grew a lot more. I think that's a picture of our lives, isn't it? We go through difficult times. We go through times of, of more blessing. But as we remain faithful to the Lord, he grows us up and he wants us to be like those, to grow to be the, like those mighty oaks. Now, there's, uh, in botany, uh, botanists tell us about particular kinds of trees uh, that are referred to as pioneer plants. Now, pioneer plants are the first plants to inhabit a barren land. Pioneer plants have the capacity to be planted in places where there's no other vegetation, where, where the soil is infertile and barren, and they put down very deep roots, and they're able to withstand tough times like drought and flood and heat and still endure in those places and to grow up in them. And over time, these pioneer plants actually change the soil around them and convert it. They have nitrogen-fixing nodes in their roots and they're actually able to transform that soil from being infertile and barren to becoming fertile again. And they drop seeds and other little pioneer plants start to grow up. And over time, other species are able to come in there and begin to grow. And these pioneer plants can actually transform an environment from having no vegetation to over time, given enough time, to becoming a lush, beautiful forest. I think that's a picture of what God wants us to do and be as his followers in this world, to be willing to be pioneer plants to go into places that are pretty dry spiritually and to be willing to put down our roots in those places and to transform the environment there. 
That's what Jesus did when he came. He was like pioneer plant. And over time, he transformed that environment in which he was living and working. And I believe that the Father wants us to be like that as well. Jesus wants us to be like trees in this world, to be pioneer plants, to make a difference. He hasn't called us to be pot plants. Pot plants look pretty. They're safe. They're protected. That pot plant is never going to put down deep roots anywhere. It's not going to go through times of drought and hardship and difficulty and storms. But it's not going to provide shade to anyone else either. It's not going to provide nourishment. It's not going to provide shelter or protection. It's not going to breathe oxygen back into other plants. It just sits there and looks pretty. Pot plants aren't going to change the environment out there. Jesus hasn't called us to be pot plants. He's called us to be pioneer plants, to reforest faith in this world, to put down roots in places that are barren and bring about transformation there again. There's another tree that we read about in Scripture. You read about it in many places. One of those is in Acts chapter 5, where the Apostle Peter is preaching and he says these words, The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. Here's this incredible image. The creator of the universe, who created this tree to bring life, and evil men cut it down and fashioned it into an instrument of torture, a cross. And they hung the tree of life on that cross. But because he was willing to voluntarily sacrifice himself there and give up his life out of love for me and for you and for all this world, that mighty cross has become a tree of life for us. And that is the picture of what God calls us to be as his followers people who are willing to voluntarily plant ourselves and sacrifice ourselves for this world to bring about change. Are you willing to do that, to plant yourself in tough places, to make a difference in this world, to reforest faith? Our world desperately needs that. As we see so much erosion going on around us today, this world needs people like you to plant yourselves, to transform society. Let's bow together for prayer. As we come to this time of uh, reflection at the end of our service, what's God's spirit saying to you today? How's he spoken to your heart? I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but maybe you've never given your allegiance to Jesus. Jesus died on that cross to give you a second chance, just as Sarah said. And if you've never committed your life to Jesus, if you've never given your allegiance to him, would you do that today? Would you be willing to do that? To place the seed of your life into his hands and say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I want to give you my loyalty. I want to give you my allegiance. Please take my life and plant it where you will and bring life to me, real life, and help me to grow become a tree that makes a difference for your kingdom in this world and if you'd like to do that today i'd like to just lead you in a simple prayer of commitment you can pray something like this in your heart lord jesus thank you that you were willing to come into this world as a pioneer plant thank you that you were willing to give your life on a cross for me to give me a second chance i want to commit my life to you today 
please take the seed of my life and plant it for your glory. If you prayed that prayer this morning, it's the greatest prayer you can ever pray in your life. Sarah prayed a prayer just like that. And, and I would encourage you after this service to, to go and tell someone that you did that, whether it's Pastor Chris or one of the other pastors or leaders here or a friend that you know has a deep faith. Will you go to them after the service and say, I did that this morning? Others of you, I hope you feel encouraged again in your commitment to say, yes, Jesus, I want to be like a pioneer plant in this world. Father, thank you for this community of faith. Thank you for the people here that are planting themselves in places and putting down roots and that are living as trees for you in this world, making a difference in the lives of others. Pray you'd encourage them and strengthen them, quit them, use them, Lord. For those that are young in their faith, protect them, Lord, as they grow up. Use them in this community around here to be people who provide shelter and protection and nourishment and to breathe oxygen back into others as you breathe it into our lungs. We ask these things in the name of the one who lives, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus.